Hey, welcome back to Optimism Vaccine. Uh, I'm a fucking sweaty train wreck, and uh, joining me today, <laughs> I got Sean Glennis back with me. Hello. Oh my god, I'm sorry that I yelled at you guys about time zones. I wish you could see, like, I'm literally, like, I've completely sweated through the, the shirt that I'm wearing right now. It's it's pretty awful. Um, I think, like, the, the, the like, headband on my headphones is, is soaked in sweat as well, so this is, uh, it's it's a rough go here in the unventilated podcast room. So I get it, man. It's like sixty degrees out. Just <laughs> burning up. <laughs> it's toasty, man. <clears throat> I, I you know what? I put on a little weight in the last year, and I feel like I just it's like my body heat just spikes everywhere I go. I'm just automatically hot. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Jake Trapila is also here. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Steve. It's all water under the bridge. That's good. Thank you for not being mad at your sweaty friend. Uh, and it's quite all right. Another, another sweaty guy. Myros is here. Steve, I, I know we're here to talk Johnny Toe once again, but first, I, I just wanted to ask you, I have a few questions about uh, real estate. <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> I want to kill you. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, don't buy a house. Just stay where you are. Don't, don't ever leave. Ever. Wait until your relatives die and inherit a large sum of cash and buy a house that way if you really need to. Otherwise, just stay rent forever and kill your landlord, I guess. I don't know. How's that sound? Well, that's the American dream. To kill your landlord? <laughs> uh, speaking of killing your landlord, uh, what if you were just a guy dying of terminal cancer uh johnny toe week continues or johnny toe month continues i should johnny say toe, all uh, the boys who love me <laughs> uh yeah so i, I don't know we've kind of had like a theme running through each of the episodes and i don't know what the theme is for this one we we're kind of oscillating between like oh these are his like high profile films. These are his gangster films. This is him doing really weird shit. And I feel like the final week of the toe down is just, this is like the Johnny toe grab bag, right? Yeah. It's it, yeah. It's the miscellany. It's films that interested uh, guests that we don't actually have on the show. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't make it. <laughs> Shout out friend of the pod, Eddie. We'll have you on soon, man. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's fine because, I mean, the ones we ended up with, because there's the guy has made, we've talked about this before, just dozens upon dozens of films, and they're all really good. So I don't think we had any trouble just going like, oh, what the fuck is that? We don't know. Let's just choose it and watch it. And uh, you, you're probably going to end up with something all right. And considering I had never even heard of any of these uh, going in, I, I'd say overall, yeah, pleasant surprise. But we're going to start, we're just going to go through chronologically, and uh, we're starting with running out of time. So, uh, Sean, for the uninitiated, where does this fit into Johnny Toe's filmography? Obviously, he's got a, a, a really diverse set of films under his belt, but uh, this, this one feels, I guess, maybe not quite conventional for him, but still kind of in his wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, it's... Um... So it came out in 1999. So this is uh, a year after Our Hero Never Dies. And uh, so it's kind of like the beginning of the period that most people think of when they think Johnny Toe. It starts in this late 90s period, even though he was making movies since the 80s. Um, and so it's got like a... Uh, I, I mean, it's clearly 90s and uh, it has like a lot of action, even though the film is like, I mean, I guess it's an action movie, but um, it, it has a lot of stuff going on. Like there's crime, uh, certainly, but uh, overall, like the overarching bit of it is this main character where we find out right away uh, it has cancer and he's going to die in 72 hours, um, this criminal. And... So we have like sort of this uh, immediate reason to care about this movie, which uh, is really great. And actually, I kind of I was going to ask you guys as a side note, uh, I was having trouble thinking of a lot of other movies where we get this because I know this is a trope, right? Like or mm -hmm. some genre like um, so and so is going to die in 48 hours uh and then we get to watch those 48 hours and then it kind of like comes back or whatever but um 
anyway, this is one of those. Um, but we call it the proto crank here. That's that's what this uh, yeah, is. okay. <laughs> is he gonna die in that? Is it, oh because his heart thing he has to yeah, like his jerk off like yeah. yeah. Five it's times like a it's day. like speed for your body. You know, <laughs> you just yeah, eventually something bad's gonna happen. Uh, there's another one too. Isn't there like an Anthony Hopkins movie from maybe like 10 years ago or something where that's the, it's the same type of thing. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, bucket of. List, out there. <laughs> holiday. You're thinking of uh, the last holiday. Ah, there you go. Queen Latifah. Um, <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Funny people is the only one I could think of. Um, <laughs> is the, well, there's the 25th hour with by uh, Spike Lee. Let, let's yeah. forget. Kind of like but the final, the, final day. Specific about running out of time, it, I mean, not that all of these uh, don't have, or that some of those don't have this, but he is, him and his doctor are the only ones who know that he's going to die, right? Like, it's not like a melodrama about cancer where somebody only has a week to live and everybody knows it kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's just a plot device. It just makes things a little yeah. bit more interesting. It adds, a like, a degree of, of desperation. And the whole Tension. thing, too, is, yeah, tension, yeah. It, I mean, and, and it kind of plays off of it, it just it just uses that to accelerate everything because it's like, OK, we're going to play a game. Essentially, he's, he's like fucking with this police negotiator and it ends in 48 hours. No matter what happens, it just ends because literally he's he's going to die. He's just popping painkillers and, uh, you know, hacking up blood everywhere. So, yeah, it, it just ratchets everything up, which is it's smart. And it's funny, too, because Johnny Toe does so many things that I think in the hands of any other filmmaker, I would consider to be like super hacky and just mm -hmm. annoying because like, Oh yeah. So how do you make your film more interesting? Well, this guy's just going to die of cancer. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, big fucking eye roll over here. Uh, but no, it, it, it just works. Like it's, it, they don't really dwell on it too much. And they remind you every once in a while that uh, this, this villain or I mean, he's, you could argue that he's not that much of a villain, but mm -hmm. uh, the villain we're presented with uh, he's not invincible. He's he's smart and he's witty, but at the end of the day, that can only take him so far because his body is just disintegrating out of minute time. by minute. Yeah, I yeah. guess you could say he's uh, running out of time. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this is this is an interesting one for me too because we, we've talked about this in the past. How you can't really place Johnny Toe movies in a specific period of time. Uh, this one definitely feels like a '90s. Toe mm -hmm. film though um both in terms of its aesthetic and just how it's it's shot and and how it's it's framed i guess mm -hmm. it's it's a little flashier than I'm, we're used to with him in in some regards but uh the the 90s johnny toe shit is markedly different i mean ptu came what three four years after this and mm -hmm. the style of ptu it's it's almost like night and day essentially yeah yeah, this is like grittier. This is also not scope either, uh, which is interesting. And yeah, it, yeah, it's just a it, it it fits in place with the larger like late nineties uh, action crime kind of genre thing. Like mm -hmm. it looks like what it is basically. Yeah, it's the sort of yeah. movie that I'm almost surprised. Uh, you know, maybe if Tony Scott had uh, stuck around for a little longer, he and Denzel would have like remade this movie. It's got that feel to it. Oh, yeah. Well, Out of Time is a Denzel Washington movie that we uh, he's not dying about in before. That no, he's not. Uh, John Q, <laughs> is he dying in that? Uh, his child is, I believe. Yeah, you see? That, yeah, that somebody, somebody Google uh, is, is when is Denzel dying, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, there's a movie, <laughs> there's a line in uh, Man on Fire where he wishes that one guy had more time before he blows I him up with C4 that he put in his ass. more time. I wish you had more time. <laughs> I wish you had more time. Um, Guys, I have really good news, by the way. Uh, you know how I was like, I think there's an Anthony Hopkins movie that fits this trope. Uh, mm -hmm. There isn't, as far as I can tell, but he did make a movie in 2015 called Solace, which sounds a lot like Psychic Detective. So I was in the ballpark. Solace, uh, <laughs> um, I never saw that. But uh, hmm. I, yeah, I could. I think the Tony Scott thing it, it comp is 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 uh, apt. I could see this um, 
some of the tricks that Johnny Toe is doing or just the visual flair that he's doing, you could see like sort of amped up by Tony Scott in like a uh, aughts version of Tony Scott. Um, I think it's really cool and out of time. I, I'm running out of time. I think the um, what's interesting about Johnny Toe films for me in this journey so far is how with a lot of them, like the plots just like they either get convoluted and then clear up or they're clear and then they get convoluted. I don't know if either or any of you guys have had that experience. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to kind of see how it goes. I think that running out of time, it gets cleared up, but I think that there's like a significant passage of like the second act where I, or the end of the second act beginning of the third act where I'm just like, I, I, I was really into this and I really don't care about whatever is going on right now. <laughs> and then it like flips and the ending of this movie is awesome. You weren't into the yeah. uh, diamond heist or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's definitely a hallmark of Johnny toe films. Like you said, they either start messy and then, gradually clear up or it seems like you're watching something pretty simple and then things get really messy. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the one thing that I really enjoy about his movies that I think running out of time is an excellent example of is there's always like a little gimmick or a little hook and it's just enough to carry you through. Yeah. Like you can passively watch this. It's kind of like a Saturday afternoon dad movie almost and mm-hmm. you don't have to get all the nuance of the plot and all the little things he's doing. And certainly it's a, it's a richer, uh, more rewarding movie if you do. But if you just know, okay, there's a guy doing crimes and he's going <laughs> to die. And he's like, you know, mentally sparring with this police negotiator. That's all you really need. And if you yeah. never make it past that surface level, you're golden. And I could probably say that about 90% of the things that we've watched from him, which is Again, like I feel like I'm giving this guy backhanded compliments every time I talk about Johnny Tobes. It's like, oh yeah, and he does some Tony Scott shit that I would normally hate, and he has some hacky fucking plot shit that I would normally hate. But no, it's just it's good. He's the master of taking things that I absolutely should not enjoy and I should be very grumpy about, and somehow I'm like, oh no, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. So there you go, Johnny Toe. Yeah, this is at its best when it's like a uh, it's a cat and mouse thriller where the uh, the cat and the mouse keep switching roles. Um, so it's great to see. And Andy Lau is our uh, terminal criminal. He's be- probably best known as playing the Matt Damon uh, role in Infernal Affairs. And uh, we have Sean Lau is this uh, like crazy cop who's trying to bring him down. And when they finally start talking to each other in this hostage negotiation sequence, uh, it's funny because Andy or Sean Lau's superior <laughs> says, oh, God, it's psychopath versus psychopath. And it's like these two mm-hmm. evenly matched guys who are trying to bring each other down with their wiles. And, and it's great. It's a very slick, well done movie, as as one would expect from Toe. My, uh, Myros, what, did you say that you were really uh, into this one or are you like 90s Johnny Toe just generally more or what uh yeah i mean i do I, this is just very much a sort of movie that I, it doesn't take any work to get me interested in you know it's just a straight up genre film i think one thing i would say about this week's slate and it's not insulting i i quite liked most of them but i i think that probably they're a little less thematically rich than what we were covering previously like i don't think mm-hmm. running out of time is a movie that's very concerned with ideas it's about executing a genre yeah. conceit and uh it does the that emotional well. relationship between these two people i think that's that's the big takeaway from something like this is is on paper it's kind of the relative of of any number of sort of american boilerplate cop films that you might see like at 48 hours or something of that uh with a grumpy chief and all of the tropes but it's the little moments in toe films the the relationships uh and the relationship between the protagonist and the antagonist here it echoes a lot of what you see in a hero never dies probably because uh lao is in both but it's it feels like almost a bit of a companion piece to that uh certainly doing it's it's a slighter film but it's just eminently enjoyable and yeah this is just these little moments in this like the bus ride with this woman who's this 
dying man's sort of love interest, oddly enough, which yeah, it, it just works awesome. really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ending is, yeah, so cool. Yeah. Oh, the, the ending's fantastic. Yeah, it's, I mean, just, I, I think end-to-end, it's, it's one of his strongest films. Um, but the, the other thing that I like about this one is it, it feels almost like... I don't, I mean, it's, it's a smaller movie for sure than, than some of his other, uh, like larger budget productions, but it almost feels like just a really good DTV action flick, you know, like every once in a while, like, like a Scott Atkins movie or something like that, where, uh, it it just has a very simple boilerplate premise. It's got that hook. And then that just, that's all you need. And it, it, it's not his best looking movie. It's not his smartest movie. It's not his most thematically rich movie. But everything that he does in running out of time, it just clicks. Like you could throw this on for anyone and they have a great time with it. It's it's such an easy, just fun watch. So I like to point out that there's a sequel to this uh, where we're in. Uh, <laughs> he resurrected? Uh, no, the detective <laughs> is, is battling a, a magician and uh, the tagline is catch me if you can from 2001 oh like maybe hollywood's doing Ooh. a little uh tricky work here <laughs> i now i really want to see that <laughs> so, and again too it's like how many of johnny toes films could you read me that synopsis and i'd be like i i fucking hate this already and it's probably great we're gonna we're gonna do a magic cast. We're gonna do uh, catch me if you can, and and then we're gonna do. Uh, uh, now, you you have to watch, now you have Now you see me. I'm gonna <laughs> jump out of a fucking window of a skyscraper. <laughs> what about the sequel? Is that one okay? Well, no, because they fucked it up, and they should have called it "Now You Don't," but they just called it "Now You See Me Too." So yeah, yeah. But which which one has that Dumb beautiful man. clip of the guy like? with the card going up his sleeve and shit and that we get to see it like a cgi playing card flying around this guy's body what a great movie Jake. oh God. it's the second one where they're they're trying to sneak a card which can override a like a computer terminal through security and they keep throwing it to each other while they're being strip searched across a room it's 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 bad all it's right really bad now you see me and um and focus <laughs> were the uh prestige and illusionist of its oh, day yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Focus. Focus. Who could forget? <laughs> Is that that Danny Boyle Truly. thing? Who doesn't no, love that movie? No, no, no. Will Smith <laughs> oh. and uh, what's that Marty Danny Boyle hypnosis movie? <laughs> That's you. Uh, like, we're, we're just using this podcast to build a much, much worse one in the future. That's great. <laughs> Trance. Trance is like the worst thing I've ever seen. Ah, uh, that's yeah, that's, that's not surprising. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is how the podcast sausage is made. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what's the next Johnny yeah. Toe movie? Uh, the yeah. next Johnny Toe movie is uh, Steve opens a P.O. box where everyone can send us copies of Now You See Me on DVD that I will then mass ship to Jake. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, the next Johnny Toe movie, hey, uh, let's let's talk about a movie that is probably in Johnny Toe's filmography of films with synopsises that make me go, I bet this sucks, even though I know it doesn't. Uh, one stands head and shoulders above everything else. <laughs> And that's uh, uh, t- Turn Left, Turn Right, uh, which is a-, a movie about two, I don't know, extremely twee uh, uh, Asian people with mullets who, uh, like two ships passing in the night, <laughs> their love cannot be realized until it is. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about this one. I, I will say, too, I, di- I didn't fucking hate this, but for the first 10 minutes, I thought... I, this was going to be the worst thing that we've watched, like bar none, for the entire you know series. So, uh, well, Sean, tell me how tell me how this is great and and why I was oh, sure. almost wrong. <laughs> well, first of all, it stars uh, Takeshi Kaneshiro, who uh, you will recognize from Drunken Express, Fallen Angels, House of Flying Daggers, uh, all classics. Um, and so it kind of has like a bit of star power that we hadn't seen in Johnny Toe's films specifically. Um, like, you know, not just like his revolving cast. Um, but, uh, turn left, turn right is really weird. Uh, in that, like, it's, it's hard to describe because a lot of it is just aesthetic, like oddness. And it kind of goes in and out of like, um, 
Johnny Toe's like whirling like uh, camera and like cuts and like this kineticism, although it's like contextualized around like a type of story that that uh, is quite different in that it's a romantic comedy um, and also is like just very positive not not much not not quite like uh, don't go breaking my heart um, mm-hmm. which has its own like thorniness to it um like you said this is pretty twee um and it kind of like fluctuates between that style and like i don't know like made for tv late 90s early 2000s aesthetics um and so it it just has like sort of a bewildering visual style um and uh what i really like about it is that it broadcasts um johnny toes uh it it broadcasts his sincerity and like when we talk about like um like you were saying steve about you could read the synopsis of this and that and it could be like oh that sounds stupid and then you see it like i i think like the best way i can describe it is that johnny toe uh just has like sort of this the sincerity that what he's making is important to him and doesn't have anything to do with how you've seen this story done before. Like it doesn't have Mm -hmm. sort of this like air of like prestige when he's doing something like, um, like office that's like big and flashy. Um, and when he's doing like these crime movies, like running out of time, I don't know. They just feel so small and personal and turn left, turn right. Um, all you can do is like, or what I could do. And I'm guessing you guys too, is like the biggest point of reference that we have for rom-coms is American romantic comedies. And I kept trying to think about like, why does this work for me uh, in a way that like, what is differentiating this from like American comedies, American rom-coms that like are usually just sort of like passing fluff to me. Um, And I don't know exactly other than, chalking it up to Johnny Toe's sincerity and like that he just seems very invested in these two characters. Like he, he just has a certain care him and him and his co-director have a certain care for these characters rather than using them as like vessels in plot points. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I got out of it. Whereas like every turn um, and this movie has a lot of them um, just, feels really like heartwarming to me. Mm-hmm. And it really does get a lot of mileage out of the sincerity. Cause I I've been thinking about this since we watched, don't go breaking my heart. And uh, you know, now, now watching it turn left, turn right. Like, like you said, why, why does this work for me when I know the American equivalent would just be like that? It, it would just be that there she goes song by six pence, none the richer playing right. over the trailer. And then like two insufferable dickheads. And then they would there'd be a lot of winking at the camera because this is you want to talk about a gimmick this is like very pure in in like these two characters they're like oh we you know as children we we met and we never connected and it was just misconnection after misconnection after misconnection and the the reason why this movie works so well is because the characters are sincere of course but this gimmick of them missing each other and longing for each other it gets to the point where you're like, okay, I get it. And then it, it, it almost, it almost breaks you. And then it comes back around into being endearing because they stick with it. And there, there is a real sincerity to it. It's not like a snarky laugh at the camera. You know, isn't it yeah. funny that this keeps happening? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not a cynical movie. And like no. another thing that makes it like different from the movies we're talking about is that like, there is a cynicism to American, like most American rom-coms in that they, you you know, it seems very visible that they're like, okay, we have this story, let's find the two stars and then the two stars will carry the movie. Like we don't really care about, like it feels less of like somebody making a, a movie that they care about and more of just like this vessel to see two stars. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, um, I don't know, it's, it's mad libs you know it's you right, just got to plug right. in the right people and then you have this generic vessel around them that that just you know floats off and, and makes you chuckle a little bit i guess uh where again this is this is something that feels deeply personal and i don't want to say that it looks like shit but <laughs> it, it is it's it's kind of washed out and that might be the result of the copy that i had i don't know i can't say for sure but it, it's washed out it's a little bit flatter than a lot of his movies and on top of that, 
it's it, it, I don't know. It just has this this almost like made for TV look to it. I guess there's a softness to the yeah, whole thing for sure. But again, it it kind of it sort of works with the movie because it it does. It makes it feel like more personal and more intimate. And uh, yeah, it's just it's got a it's got a real charm to it. So. Myros, tell us all why you hate this movie. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> hate the movie, but it's it's definitely the least, uh, my least favorite of, of everything we've watched of Toes. I I don't think it's entirely successful. It, it's certainly not successful for me. I don't think any director could realize this sort of conceit in a way that would be satisfying to me personally, because it is. I, you know, this near miss sort of format is designed to to sort of be charming and you know it's going to pay off in the end. So it's A-OK, right? But for for me personally, I don't know. It just triggers some sort of great anxiety center in my brain. And I, I just can't get lost in the film. I'm just kind of annoyed by it the entire time. I found the majority of this film to be quite aggravating and... uh I, I think Toad did as well as anyone could with it, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I, I'm i kind of contradicting myself because I also don't think this sort of material really lends itself to his sort of kinetic editing and camera movements. I, it feels like the sort of film that wants to have a very dense frame where you're kind of searching for these people lingering and not noticing each other. But that's not the way this is made at all. It's made in, in Johnny Toe style. A lot of pans, a lot of cuts. Uh, and that's fine. It, I, I just, it's not for me. I, I just don't think it entirely works. And uh, even if it did, it would just never, uh, a movie built on this conceit of, of a near miss is is just never going to be something that I can entirely buy into, honestly. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the part that sold it for me was when the secondary characters were introduced. Uh, so in addition to them having these like weird parallel moments where they, they just kind of miss each other, um, they both simultaneously <laughs> end up because they get sick at the same time and they both end up going to the hospital and they both end up with like these clingy psychopath people that just sort of assert themselves and and or insert themselves into their their lives. So then all of a sudden this doctor falls in love with a woman and he's just like, oh, yeah, I, I've just been showering at your house and staying here like complete psycho behavior. And then the food delivery woman ends up with uh, the guy. She's like, oh, yeah, while you're in the hospital, I uh, I just went into your house, and took your key and watched soccer and trashed your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> they have to like shake these people off and how they're both dealing with them at the same time. And that's where I kind of came around to it, where it really went just over the edge with all this stuff. Uh, but Jake, are there any other reasons why Adam Myros is perpetually wrong about everything? Uh, well, you know, um, but uh, I, I'm, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really siding with Sean. I, I loved this of the four that we watched for this episode. Um, I should mention I have not watched uh, I was out for episode two and I have not watched most of the films that you guys discussed there. Uh, so this was my first time really seeing Toe do like a a romance or a, especially a rom-com. And uh, he is really just quite adept at it. And it was it's really just a, such a uh, like the conceit on paper sounds like it, it's an imaginably terrible film, but he just pulls it off with just such panache and uh i i think it's 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 like the equivalent of watching just two characters perform uh identical waltzes but they never quite intersect and uh i don't know there's just something really beautiful about watching it i thought i was really just quite enamored with the film and it's uh yeah it really really surprised me because i because a few minutes in i wasn't sure how i would take to it but uh yeah by the end it had just completely won me over mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is one where I, I wouldn't say don't use this as an entry point. But if you've been following along and you're, you're past toe 101 and toe 201, this is like the grad school course toe where you got to be kind of like really into his shit. Uh, and, and then I think you'll appreciate it a little bit more. But it's uh, it's it's certainly not a good jumping off. Uh, yeah, point. I mean, I don't I don't regret watching it by any stretch. I, I think it's it's illustrative as to how his style applies to other genres and and we've certainly seen quite a few over the course of this experiment but this one in particular 
I don't know. Something about it just the style didn't quite fit the material, and I just don't like the material. So <laughs> there's that. It feels like uh, rejected, like Junette uh, film or something. I don't know. It's it's. Just, <laughs> <laughs> are you just are you just bringing the Amelie into this? That's what you got. Well, I, no, I actually like that movie. You know, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Well. I, I think we can move on to uh, I, I I struggle to call this one a more conventional Johnny Toe film, but in his like goofy, higher budget, higher profile genre work. I think this is this is one of his more noteworthy movies. But uh, Sean, I'm sure you love this one because it, it probably reminded you of your favorite USA television show, Psych Mad Detective from 2007, baby. <laughs> it actually reminded me of a uh, different Cable program. Monk. <laughs> could he could he see people's multiple personality auras? I don't remember exactly what he could do, but I knew that I know that it was supernatural and it yeah. helped him solve stuff. Uh but psych seems what what is psych? I mean I've seen the bubble letters. I think it's psych. people uh fraudulently claiming to be psychics in order to uh yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I've never actually watched it, but there's uh is this like really annoying looking man and and every time that you see a picture of it, you know, like oh here's a poster, it's a promotional thing. It's him like putting his fingers on his temples and like making a concentration face. That's how you know he's doing psychic stuff. So Isn't it isn't it two guys in psych? Or am I thinking of suits? <laughs> Fuck the USA dramas, man. They oh all blend God. together. Yeah. 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 Somebody doesn't and is know Steve his USA thinking drama. of the Mentalist with Simon <laughs> Baker. The thing, though, the thing with with Mad Detective, though, uh, is that like USA, John, uh, for John, Johnny Toe welcomes characters um, in this one as he, he the detective does. sees all kinds of them. <laughs> if you like characters, then Mad Detective is a scream. <laughs> <laughs> This is another one that, like, I, I, I don't want to volunteer to describe it because I'm not, I haven't quite pinned down exactly what happens <laughs> yet. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like, you kind of, like, figure it out as you go or think you did or whatever. Yeah. Um, but as Steve was saying earlier, like, a lot of the fun of it is not exactly figuring out everything and just sort of, like, going with what Johnny Toe gives you. But... Um, and this is another one that was co-directed with uh, YK Fate. But um, this is one that kind of fell apart for me more than the others. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's like such cool stuff here. And the, the opening again, like, I mean, not the opening, but the first like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes. Uh, I thought it was just like so interesting. And then um, the next like 20, 25 minutes, I'm just kind of like uh slowly more and more less engaged um and the ending is cool but it doesn't have that running out of time grace note to fully like grab me back in but i don't know how did you guys feel about it i you know i think that second act is a bit of a sore spot there's this poor portion of the of the film where the titular mad detective and his his sort of protege they like kind of part ways for like a half hour of the movie and it really kind of loses steam at that point that that's the part where it sort of gets a bit murky for me but um i don't know i, th I think it's kind of straightforward once you understand what it's trying to do which is that this guy's not i mean he i i suppose he's in functionally insane but he's also actually supernaturally gifted like he's he's solving these crimes because he claims he can see people's auras and he can you know he's he's pegged this case from the start uh but it, it is I, again i i think one of my critiques here would be that i don't think this is i again i think this is very more much interested in in just kind of being a story you know it is a story of this supernatural cop solving a crime and there's not much else there like there's no deep message behind this i i don't see any real thematic exploration in mad detective and um, even though like it's like visually gorgeous at times, it doesn't have like the stuff that um, 
like a hero never dies had and others like throwdown where it has like sort of this sensual like like sensory like moments that really like grab you and play with uh just the pure elements on screen there are the few I mean, the ending is cool. But, yeah, it, it yeah. is, certainly. But I think, like, there are m- things in this that I really, really enjoyed. And a lot of it is, again, when you get into these genre films that he pulls back. And, like, where they have the, the young detective and his girlfriend are having dinner with this, this crazy man. And his he has got this fourth chair for his imaginary wife. Uh, I, the way that is that whole thing is executed... I, when they're off riding that motorcycle, I, I just found that segment to be quite moving. But um, yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a big imaginary wife guy myself. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I was kind of hoping that it was going to continue. Sorry, Steve. That like it was going to continue on that, and like it. Yeah, that was another point where it was, where again I was moved, and then just kind of like lost steam. Right, I think they wanted to go with a gotcha to be like, oh, the, the, you thought she was dead, but really she just left him. And it's like, oh, but who cares, really? I mean, that just kind of stripped right. that element out yeah, of the Yeah, it doesn't film. really matter. It's secondary to everything else. Um, I, I, the thing I really liked about it, and I think that the, the dinner scene with the non-existent wife and then the kind of fallout between... He, he's like caught in an argument between his imaginary wife and and his real now ex-wife, because fellows, we've all been there. Uh, but it, it, the way that he's he's not set up, I think we often compare like Toast films to like what would their American analog uh, look oh, like? Because God. he does he, he, like the kind of genre films that he makes. And it's so funny because once again, like I, I shudder to think how fucking awful this would be if it was American. Uh, but they don't they don't set him up to be like a completely like sympathetic like oh no we gotta like shed a fucking tear for mr mental illness here it's he's not set up that way he's not like completely off the rails insane in an unsympathetic way like he's he's just this very fluid character where you know he he covers the full range of emotions there's a lot of depth to him and a lot of interesting things to pick at the one thing i don't like though is his foil because the, the titular mad detective here is he's so interesting the, the actual like straight man cop here is super annoying and bland <laughs> like just just he's represented because you know the the mad detective you can see everybody's like inner personality that's what he describes it as and the you know not so mad detective the bland detective he's shown as like a crying child uh which is what it's like to actually watch him on screen so it, that part of it sucks. But at the same time, there's there's so much good shit going on here. And by the time you get to the end, I agree with you, Sean. It, it sort of starts to fall apart and and lose itself a little bit. But then it's got this kick-ass, like, uh, lady from Shanghai, like, mirror shootout yeah. thing going on. And you're just like, okay, fuck yeah, this is my shit. Right. I don't care. Uh, even to the point where, you know, the, the, the whole plot surrounds the Mad Detective and Mr. Blandy McBlanderson. Uh, they're, they're trying to figure out like how this cop that they know uh committed like a murder and robbery like how do they figure out how to actually like convict him of this murder like where do they get the evidence from how do they pin it on him and like ultimately in the end the the bland cop is is conflicted because the mad detective kind of flew off the rails you know mad detectives all shot up this other cops all shot up and then there's this whole scene at the end where this bland guy is kind of shuffling around, like moving these guns around, uh, wiping things down. And ultimately, I was just like, I don't actually know what he decided to do. Like if he decided to frame Mr. Mad Detective as the killer or if he decided to do the right thing and, and, and you know, show that this cop was was a killer and all this other shit. I didn't. It just completely like at the end i think me. his his only aim in that is to extricate himself from the situation essentially yeah he's because he's a coward yes. he's a crying baby man uh i will say too that one thing i love not just about johnny toe films but this is kind of like a hong kong action film thing in general because no one's allowed to have a fucking gun uh one it's interesting to see like how things play out without guns around two like Every gun is is super valuable. And three, uh, you can get a lot of mileage out of, oh, fuck, 
I lost my gun or I don't know what to do with this gun as Johnny Doe yeah. has done in numerous movies. <laughs> yeah, I I love a lot about this movie. I think the way he depicts this sort of multiple personalities that the the, the detective that they're hunting has, uh, I think it's just mm-hmm. excellent. It, it, it makes for some very uh, just entertaining and riveting scenes. Uh, like, their whole introduction in the bathroom and where he's watching the guy order and he's got like a gluttonous side to him and then he just transitions to some brute murderer and the whole thing when they're like tooling around in a car and he's seeing like these seven people it's just it's visually executed tremendously well and i i found it compelling uh most of the way through again i just i feel like we lose the mad detective from his own movie for a little while and and that's where things kind of drag but but when he's around this thing uh it's quite excellent it's just and again it's hard not to put it next to ptu because they're both lost gun movies and this is uh Mm. inferior so (laughs) i guess it loses a little (laughs) bit of a credit just because it's hard not to make that comparison you know yeah, it's it's fun too the way that he plays around with the fact that like the mad detective's powers work better when he like puts himself in the same places where these multiple personality people were too. So um, that leads to a bunch of ridiculous shit where he's trying to recreate things. So it's just like okay, he's burying himself alive, and you know in the beginning we see him like stuff himself in a suitcase and get thrown down some stairs, and. Uh, Oh, what's oh when he's in the restaurant and he's trying to like recreate the glutton personality, so he just orders the same meal like seven times until he's just like vomiting because uh, Johnny Toe hates fat people. Um, <laughs> it's but it is it's it's like it's it's a little bit of a twist on uh, again like just kind of a hacky silly genre premise, but it gives it so much more depth and there's so much more meat to it and. It's it's fucking fun, man. Like Johnny Toe just makes fun shit that should not be. It, it shouldn't have as much depth and intrigue to it that it does. But I, I I don't get it. The man is magical. Yeah, at the end of the opening of that that opening sequence where he's tossed down the stairs in the suitcase, at the bottom he's unzipped and he emerges and he immediately says like, "Is the ice cream truck driver did it?" And then that guy's <laughs> actually arrested and was the killer. And I I do wish there were like more instances of him like solving crimes in these outrageous ways like there's another sequence where he, we he like one one crime that was happening with the stolen gun is that this uh, armored car courier was uh robbed and he like walks up to an armored courier like these three armed guys and he just points his finger gun at them and starts yelling bang like something that would get any person killed in this ordinary situation and bland cop has to assure them no 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 he's just a cop he's investigating um <laughs> so yeah the the mad detective is the best part about the mad detective for sure. Yeah, yeah, that whole mm-hmm. intro too with the when it ends with him fucking slicing his own ear off and just handing it to his captain and you're you're just kind of like what the fuck is this movie going to be? Like what am what are we watching here? It's just so intriguing yeah. out the gate. I really like how he he justifies that too because I mean, we see him do it and and initially you think, well, he's just a crazy kooky guy. And then later he he's talking about it. And someone's like, oh, like, why did you cut your ear off anyways? And she's like, oh, well, the captain didn't have multiple personalities that I just I just wanted to give him like a piece of me or something like that. It's like, what the fuck? It's uh, it's it's good shit. Like, it's it's fun and it's interesting and it's got a couple of really good action set pieces. And yeah, it's just like all around solid so yeah honestly it probably wouldn't be a bad entry point for a lot of people if you're into like sort of puzzle box films this is probably a good way to maybe dip in on johnny toe it's not necessarily his most uh i I don't know it's a little outside of the box for him but again it might be an easy access point for a lot of uh, american audiences yeah well it's literally easier to access too because this is one that actually got some distribution in the west so uh, it's right. always nice when you can find a Johnny Toe movie. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's a bonus. All right, boys. Well, we got one left. And uh, this is, I, I think, out of everything we've watched so far, all of the movies for the, the Toe Down here this month, this might be the most outlandish, like totally 
bizarre thing that we've gotten from Johnny Toe. There is nothing else in his filmography like this. Uh, it's entirely possible there's nothing else that just exists like this. But um, we watched Office, and uh, Sean, I don't even know if you got to finish this one, but is Jake's making the gym face. I got through um, the first like eight and a half seasons, um, mm. so I'm not sure exactly what happens at the end. Um, yeah, do, do people tell you the British one is better? <laughs> I keep hearing this. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get to finish this one um, yet. I will finish it, but uh, watch Yeah, another first, peek behind or... the curtain. Sean was, was supposed to have the week off as we uh, welcomed right. our guest, but he was That's right. We threw him uh, in at the last minute. That's I'm glad okay. I hear it. And I definitely want to finish uh, Office because what I saw was really cool. Yeah. Um, this is... So, to, to kind of contextualize this, we've talked about in prior episodes how, uh, you know, the, the city of Hong Kong is almost like a character in and of itself in Johnny Toe's films. Like it's, it's such an essential part of all of his movies. And this is the first time where it really feels detached and otherworldly and, and Hong Kong just is not part of the picture, even though I'm pretty sure it still takes place there. Um, this is a musical about like a big, I don't even know what they do, like logistics company or something. But it's all set in this like grid wireframe humongous stage set thing. It's color coded too. Yeah. And, and it is this, was this like in 3D at some point? Is that why it's like this? I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it did premiere in 3D in Hong Kong. And actually, there's a, uh, a Blu ray from Hong Kong that features both a 2D and a 3D version. Folks, fire up your uh, your 3D televisions. I know I know there's two of you out there who have them. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'd actually I would love to see this in 3D, which is another thing I I haven't said before in my life. I don't think um, it looks incredible. This is it. It looks unlike anything Johnny Toe's ever done. Um, another one where, unless I knew, I probably wouldn't know is it was one of his films. But it's it's a musical. It's basically on one giant single uh, set and it's uh, a pretty biting critique of like Hong Kong business, the business life and capitalism. So good on you. Uh, Myros, why is this so fucking good? Well, I, I think it is so good because it, unlike any critique I had with turn left, turn right, I feel like this is him exploring different genre while really it feels so true to him as a filmmaker. Like it, it still explores a lot of the themes that run through all of his work. It, it's almost indecipherable thematically from something like election in a way, you know, it's, it's still very interested in these institutions and, and how they affect humanity. And it, this feels of a piece with a lot of his more famous crime work, even though it's a, a light musical in, in this way, it's just, a, it's a very different film, but in many ways it's the same. And, and I don't know, I think it's, it's a pretty remarkable part of his filmography. Uh, watching it last as I did, I, I just really appreciate how, how it marries with the rest of his work. And, yeah, it, I I feel like a musical is a more natural fit for his style than, you know, like a rom-com because it is much like action, very choreographed. And this is works. It works very well. Yeah. And I, I think part of the reason why it works so well is because the, the look is, is such a drastic departure for him, but it fits perfectly with the themes that it's going for. So you have this movie about office politics and how basically capitalism crushes your humanity and all these people are striving after things that will never reach in their life. Um, and it's just every day is just you're, you're incapable of enjoying the moment, like the now, and you're, you're constantly striving for the future because that's all you can do to not get completely crushed by this corporate machine. And because the set is this it's like some fucking like computer grid matrix shit it's completely <laughs> detached from humanity and the world 
And even when people in this movie leave the, you know, the, the office or whatever, they're still in this office world. They can never actually leave this corporate world. It's constantly crushing them, which if you've ever yeah. worked a shitty office job, that's exactly what it is. It's not like you, you clock in at nine, you clock out at five, and then you go home and you just have a great fucking day. It's like, no, every moment of your life is consumed with how shitty it is. And it, it's just constant nagging and you're constantly worried and anxiety. And this captures that feeling perfectly. And also it's a fun, lighthearted comedy musical. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the central set piece of that office is this giant fucking garish clock. And that's obviously intentional. It, it's just kind of a time suck for all these people. Their lives are ticking away in this goddamn place. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's a lot of this is intentional. Like you, you're saying, oh, I don't even know what this this office does. You know, what is Jones and Son? And I think that's intentional. They're just they do nebulous business because it's, mm -hmm. that, they don't do anything uh, yeah. in the service of society. And I, that's kind of the point. Well, and there's this whole like twisty subplot too, where um, one of the higher up executives is embezzling all this money and he's got this investment scheme going on. And there's a whole scene where he's actually like talking to a group of people and explaining it, but it still doesn't make any fucking sense. Like <laughs> everything about it is just like nebulous business jargon. Uh, which it, it fits perfectly. Um, and, and I think, I think election is a good touch point because it's the same type of thing where you, you kind of need a flow chart to understand everyone's motivations and, you know, who they are, who they're related to, what their, what their interpersonal relationships are. But it, it almost doesn't matter because all that confusion and conflict, it, it just, it gives everything so much energy and I, I love it. Also, Sean, I don't know if, if you got this far yet, but we talked about with, with breaking news on the last episode, um, we, we both appreciated Johnny, Johnny Toe's use of technology and, and how he kind of showed like text messaging and video messaging. And this, he, he, he does it again in office completely differently, but I also love it here because it, it fits so well with the whole aesthetic of the movie uh, where there's these characters that are texting and it just turns into like a soliloquy where they just kind of like turn to the camera and they tell you exactly what their text messages say. And it's, it's fucking brilliant. So, Oh uh, yeah, I did get that far and I didn't like it actually. I thought it was bad. Oh, well, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, what's it, what's it like waking up every day being wrong, Sean? You ever think about that? <laughs> I actually didn't get that far. Oh, anyway. well you'll, you'll get there and then you'll go. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for telling me that I would like this. Cause you're right. I do. Um, Anyways, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say about this other than it's it's very big and bold and not the type of thing I would expect from Johnny Toe at this point in his career. But goddamn, it's it's great. If, if I have one criticism, it's it maybe has too many ideas and too many things going on all at once, but yeah. that doesn't make it any less entertaining. It's one of his longer films. It's pushing two hours before credits even hit. But um yeah, it's just it's frequently dazzling. And then even just a lot of it is to admire just his production design, like the different uh, different rooms in this office uh, as just this one. It's like the whole world is just existing in this one giant building and how everyone's just part of the the, the soul suck that is capitalism and their their nine to five jobs. And even like when they go out to eat in like a restaurant, they, they're like still in the office and part of the film follows this new hire who's like very eager to move up the company ladder. And after his first day, he goes to sleep and he turns his light off and it, it, it cuts out and we see, oh, he's like still in the office because there's like a janitor in the background, like just sweeping up the trash. Um, it's yeah, it's great. Just formally, it's one of the most audacious films that he's done. And uh, it's it, it pays off. Mm hmm. Yeah, if I have one critique, it's it's I I wish they just stayed in the office the entire time because when when old David is like fleeing after he's been caught embezzling and like tooling down the green screen road in his CGI fucking Mercedes Benz, I was like, <laughs> I could do without this being in the movie. It looks like the car in uh, this is a really stupid reference point, but I don't care. Um, when Rebecca Black for the tenth anniversary of Friday, <laughs> she redid Friday. <laughs> It looks like her, the driving sequences in the new Rebecca Black, like Sexy Friday video. <laughs> Steve, that's not a dumb reference. That was a I put over. <laughs> <laughs> Even 
even even more of a reason why it's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, the other weird thing about this is like, there's no. I, I sometimes I'm I'm actually like really surprised when Johnny Toe movies don't have like Western distribution. Um, but then there's other things that we've watched where I'm like, well, of course this it wasn't over here because it's a fucking 3D musical office play thing. Uh, and, and you also can't call something The Office in America without people getting the wrong idea. Uh, but this is like weirdly, really easily accessible. It's streaming for free on Tubi. So you can just go watch it right now if you want to, uh, which is mm. great. You should do that. That's exactly what you should do. But yeah, this is this is just good shit. Um, it, if I had a critique, I think it almost doesn't need to be a musical. Like it just it just works. It's like a goofy ass, uh, like giant play. Um, but also, I appreciate it being a musical because it's just like, man, all that Baz Luhrmann over the top shit that I fucking hate. This is what it looks like when I don't hate it. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think if I were to say one thing, I, I would say maybe, uh, yeah, take Steve's advice, but maybe take Steve's advice after you've uh, watched a few other Toe movies. Like, I think this works a lot better when you understand kind of a lot of his obsessions as a filmmaker. I think this really works in that in that respect it crystallizes a lot of things in this film mm -hmm. all right boys well you know instead of doing the usual putovers this week i figured we'd go around i just want to know we've, we've watched nothing but johnny toe for a month uh we, we didn't we didn't set off to make it this way but it just naturally happened because uh wouldn't you know the guys made a million movies and they're all great so out of everything that we've watched or even beyond what we've watched what has been your favorite toe movie this entire time so i myros you want to you want to go first here sure sure i you know in the first episode we did i hadn't even listed it as my my favorite in that bunch i i was kind of enamored with throwdown at the time but what has really stuck with me in the meantime is is, is 1998 film a hero never dies which uh I don't know. I can't stop thinking about the thing. This is the score and everything about it is, is just the, the source of our, uh, our temporary new theme song. <laughs> no, that's the mission. Oh, that's uh, the mission. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the, uh, toe down theme, but the hero never dies has, has a way more sort of Western, uh, score to it. it it's very reminiscent of like the score of broken arrow sort of, which is mm -hmm. coincidentally one of my favorite scores, but, uh, it is just, yeah, I, I, a lot about that movie has stuck with me. The way that they use music and it, it kind of pulls through the entire way and that stupid fucking dick measuring like coin flipping contest in the bar. I, I just, I really like it. I want to watch it again immediately. <laughs> it's a good endorsement. Sean, how about you? What's your, uh, what's your top toe this month? Um, I, I have a feeling this would... Probably very, uh, like I have an S tier of a few, uh, probably very, uh, depending on the day or whatever, but, um, it's really hard to, for me to put, uh, something other than exiled, uh, at number one. Um, it just is just an immaculate movie with just like some of the best set pieces. Um, and I don't know. It, 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 it's, it, that's, that's just seems like has a masterpiece kind of air about it. I, mm -hmm. Like it just seems like all of his um, strengths coalescing in one place. Um, and I, I just really love how hard he goes into the, uh, the Western genre stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Jake, how about you? I got some uh, dogs barking. Uh, give oh me a second. God euthanize them euthanize don't them. go barking my heart <laughs> a new low oh there we, go. we hit it baby it, 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 it took us a whole month but we finally got there uh i i guess I'll, while while jake euthanizes several dogs um i'll uh i'll go ahead and do mine i i can't stop thinking about sparrow i yeah like it's one of those where the moment it ended i just wanted to start watching it again there's moments that are just like jaw-droppingly gorgeous um, everything from the score to the compositions to, of the shots to the, you know, the acting to like every single element of that movie is is perfect and it's beautiful and it's intriguing. And it's the kind of film where, it, you know, every, every single moment you're getting something special from Johnny Toe. 
And you you just you don't see shit like that ever. Mm-hmm. Johnny Toe makes yeah. French New Wave films better than French New Wave directors. So uh suck my dick, Jean-Luc Godard. Uh <laughs> so yeah, I I now is is Sparrow something where I'd be like, oh yeah, if you want to get into Johnny Toe, watch Sparrow first. No, don't do that. Just watch Exile. Just watch Exile, watch PTU, uh, watch a hero never dies. And then once you get that, just just fucking shoot that sparrow directly into your veins and and feel the power, baby. It's it's good shit. Don't sleep on sparrow. Uh, Jake, have you successfully uh, euthanized the dogs? Yeah, they're all dead now. Um, That's great. Real real Cruella move, man. Uh-huh. Come on. Well, they killed my mother, so um. yeah. <laughs> Ran her ass off a balcony. Um, well, I f- feel bad because my top two are ones that you and Sean have mentioned with Exile and Sparrow, but, um... That just means you're smart. I, I, they're ba- both, ba- like, Exiled is just such a, it's, it's like a perfect film, just in everything that it does, and Sparrow is also just so completely magnificent. Um, the only way I can really rectify this is I'm just gonna give another special shout-out to, uh, The Mission, um, which I don't know how much love that gets, but, but, um, that was one that, uh, that really, I just, I, I had seen it once before, but it really just kind of bowled me over this time around. And, um, yeah, the staging of the entire sequence is set inside the mall, where, which is really only like a, a few camera moves and is mostly just very still, but very beautifully done is, is just something that has been staying with me since we started this project. So, um, yeah, the mission after, uh, Exiled and Sparrow. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I mean, God, everything else is going to be disappointing after this, you know? I mean, well, of course, you know, once we do the now, now you see me cast, uh, that that'll be another high point for us, but otherwise, uh, I feel like it's only downhill from here, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the big takeaway is watch some Johnny Toe movies, whatever you can get your hands on. And if you want to get your hands on a lot of shit, uh, look at Jack Easton's Twitter. I think he posted links for like everything. So there you go. A treasure trove of toe for you. Uh, other than that, uh, if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, Johnny Toe opinions, optimismvaccine at gmail.com is a really good place to reach us. Or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine. That's available to you as well. Also, if you, uh, if you enjoyed our Johnny Toe retrospective this past month, good on you. Uh, you should uh, help us out. Do us a favor. There's a couple links in the description. One will take you to our iTunes page. Uh, once you're there, you can give us a five-star written review, and then we'll defeat the algorithm. And uh, yeah, every everything will be great for us. Also, if you have money, you could you could give us some. That would be helpful. Podcasting is expensive. Uh, do you think you know Sean's calf implants that he demanded? You think those are fucking free? No. If he wants legs like a golden god, it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars, and we can only pay for that with Patreon money. So. Uh, if you give us uh, just like three bucks, I think is the lowest tier. You get access to everything. Um, and if you do higher tiers, like the $5 tier, you can be like Dustin or Paula or Ryan and, and get a shout out on the air, which is super cool. And if you go even higher, you can dictate the content that we do. So if you want more toe, we'll give you more toe. Just give us some fucking money, man. Um, and then, of course, from now until I run out of shit to give away, um, if you live in the continental United States, if you donate to our Patreon at any level, that's right, just $3, I will send you a random movie from my collection. So um, maybe a DVD, maybe a Blu-ray, maybe a box set, um, maybe a VHS copy of The Mothman Prophecies. What do you think of that, Sean? I'm signing up right now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think that pretty much covers everything. So watch Johnny Toe, uh, watch the NBA playoffs, and cheer for the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, Jake, the final word is yours. And now you don't. <laughs> we're def- We're not doing the fucking now you see me movies. We I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs>